Welcome to Lawyers Take the Lead with your host, Valerie McGinty. This podcast is meant to inspire all mission-driven lawyers with amazing stories of the social impact lawyers have had through their work in law, business, and politics. You'll pick up practice tips and case highlights along the way to help you be a better lawyer. Now, on to the show. Hello and welcome to Lawyers Take the Lead with Valerie McGinty. Today, I'm excited. This is Valerie's inaugural podcast, meaning it's the very first one. And we're going to ask a bunch of questions to find out a little bit more about Valerie and what she does. Good morning, Valerie. How are you? Very well. How are you? I'm doing great. I'm excited. Are you excited? Very excited. All right. For those that don't know Valerie yet, Valerie McGinty is a consummate professional. I'm going to ask some professional questions first, and then we're going to get into some personal questions later, which I really enjoy asking because they're a little bit more fun to me. But I just love these first set of questions, and we're going to get right into it. The first question, Valerie, is why did you decide to practice law? Great question. Um, a couple reasons. You know, I think um, Number one, obviously, uh, it, it's a major tradition in my family, so maybe it means I'm not not very imaginative. But I, <laughs> I know that I saw uh, in both of my parents people who did very different things and who both loved what they did and got a lot of satisfaction and joy out of their professions. And so growing up, that made uh, a big impression on me. And, and I think somewhere uh, deep down, all of us have a justice bone. And mm -hmm. uh, we we exercise that interest in various ways. But for me, uh, that really meant uh, uh, going to law school and becoming a lawyer so that I could advocate for those who couldn't advocate for themselves. And I am assuming that there was definitely some proud moments when your parents, uh, you know, saw what your your path was. <laughs> Absolutely. They they <laughs> were thrilled. They said, all right, well, eyes wide open. You you know what it's all about since you watched us uh, do it. And, and we're thrilled uh, that you that you picked this path. That's fantastic. All right. So who do you work with and what is your specialty? Absolutely. I'm a certified appellate specialist and I represent plaintiffs only on appeal. Uh, so that means that I work with trial lawyers exclusively and they bring me on when uh, their case uh, goes into the Court of Appeal or the Supreme Court. All right. What kind of client education do you do? I know that there's a lot of continuing education that, that attorneys need to go through, and I'm sure that's a big part of your life as well. Do you do any of that for your clients specifically? Absolutely. Um, a number of the organizations, both uh, locally and uh, across the state and our nation, provide seminars and conferences where lawyers can get together and educate each other. And I always love to both teach other lawyers and to learn from other lawyers. The topics that I tend to focus on include legal writing um, and then also, of course, uh, procedural and appellate issues. I would assume that there's quite a few categories or areas that you have to you know, kind of learn about and be an expert in. So I'm assuming that roundtable discussion with a bunch of attorneys getting together is, is phenomenally powerful. Absolutely. It's always a lot of fun. Fantastic. All right. So that tells me a little bit about what you do in the professional field and you get yourself out there for sure in that. So what do you do in your community? In my community, about a year ago, I launched a PAC called Fund Her, Powering Progressive Women to Lead California. And since that time, I've been the uh, president of the PAC and actually amazingly last November, we finished our first year and uh, were able to help elect 14 women, including California's first woman lieutenant governor. 
Wow. That is, that's incredibly impressive. And that's in the first year? Uh, yeah, absolutely. The first year. And it was a combination of, of course, being in the right place at the right time with really uh, a community of Californians from all walks of life who said, absolutely, we want to be a part of creating a new future. And that was uh, something that came to fruition very quickly. People responded and we had amazing candidates there who were ready to step up and lead. That's outstanding. How can somebody get involved in that if they're if they're listening to this podcast right now and said, you know, that that kind of speaks to my heart as well, and I'd love to be power, you know, part of a movement like that. Absolutely, they can go uh, online. We're at fundher.org. We're also on Instagram and Twitter at fundher and Facebook at ifundher. Um, so please do uh, come and uh, find out all about us and uh, join us. We have events all over the state all the time. Great, great. Now, we talked a little bit about continuing education and, and stuff that you provide for other attorneys and, and other professionals in your area. What designations or advanced education do you personally have? Yes. So I'm, as I mentioned, a certified appellate specialist. And what that means is, uh, of course, in addition to going to law school, that I passed a separate examination um, that's given by the State Bar Board of Legal Specialization. And then in addition to that uh, exam, I also filled out an application and that application was approved, which shows that I've had the experience and done the work that's required to be designated by the state bar uh, as a certified appellate specialist. All right. So this, this next question is a little, little different, and I, I hope you're ready to answer it. What is your legal philosophy? I guess kind of what your, your true thoughts and where your heart leads you in the legal arena, and then how do you use that or how does that help you to obtain the best results for your clients? That's a great question, uh, and I, I have a lot to say on this topic. My legal philosophy really centers around the fact that our judicial system, which I absolutely treasure, uh, and love to be in service of is a system that is run by and for humans. Mm. And so what that means is that we can never forget that, of course, we are a system of laws, and that is part of the beauty. But the people who are administering those laws and the juries who are making those findings that either condemn or reward your client are always driven at least in part, if not primarily, by the story of what happened to your client and who your client is. And so as an appellate specialist, I really view it as my job and, and I believe that I'm able to obtain the best results in the court of appeal by doing everything I can to allow the facts and the story to speak for itself so that the judges in the court of appeal and the Supreme Court can really understand what the jury heard and saw. Yeah, absolutely. And that's so important because, again, you're dealing with however many people listening to this story and they have their own emotions, they have their own beliefs, they have their own ideas and ideals. And so it really boils down to presenting those facts that back that story up to the, the best of its ability, I, I would assume. Absolutely right. And and that's exactly why, you know, when you if I had to sum it up in one word, I'd say my legal philosophy is conservative. And part of that mm. is because I think you have the best credibility and you have the, the most lasting impact when you can tell a story based on facts 
that are undisputed. Yeah, absolutely. No, nothing twisting or, or moving the absolutely. needle in the wrong way. Yeah, that's so vitally important. All right. Well, I think that's a great philosophy. I think it's fantastic. All oh, right. Good. Now we're going to do some personal questions. You ready? Ready. All right. So, Valerie, when you are not working, what do you do for fun? <laughs> well, um, my family says I don't have enough time not working, but <laughs> I do enjoy doing a lot of things that are not work. I love to dance. My family is very big on singing. So I did a lot of singing growing up, and I still love to sing. Nice. I love to cook. And we are big on playing games and doing puzzles. Fantastic. So in other words, you and I, when we actually get a chance to meet in person, which we have not done yet, can we go karaoke? That sounds wonderful. I love singing. Uh, you, you touched on dance a little bit ago. My wife and I actually, we about two weeks ago, went to a local club here and they give lessons, dance lessons. And I don't dance. And so we did salsa that night and... I was really sore the next day. For as little as I moved, <laughs> I was more sore than I thought I was going to be. But uh, my wife loves to dance, so I, I, she's right there with you. I just, I'm just not very coordinated that way. So I'm going to work on that. Okay. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Everyone can work on it. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So the next question I've got for you is, who is your hero? Oh my goodness, so many heroes uh, along the way. I think for me in the moment that we're in um, and the experience I'm, I'm having, as I look back, I really am especially speechless when I think about the amazing accomplishments of women of color in, mm. in our country. And, you know, you can go from Harriet Tubman to Rosa Parks uh, to Shirley Chisholm. Uh, I think really they, uh, to me, inspire me to to go beyond uh, levels that I, I ever thought was possible. Yeah, those are some great, great examples and just heroes, yes, but the, the bravery that, that these women oh. portrayed and displayed just makes me ashamed sometimes of, of my lack of bravery or, or being able to step out and, and speak up when needed. They face so much more than I ever have. And so, no, I agree with you. Those are, those are great examples. All right. Excellent. Next question, and this is a, kind of a weird one, but if you had all the money in the world, not like take everybody else's money, but if you had all the money you ever needed, let's say it that way, if you had all the money you ever needed, what would you do? Wow, that's, um, <laughs> there's so many things you could do. I, I think I've already dedicated so much of my time and resources to fund her. If I had even more resources than I have, I, I, I think I would uh, really fund her would be at the top of the list uh, for me if mm -hmm. I could participate in that in an even bigger way. Why would I not do that? Because there's no reason California can't be the first top five global economy to be led in equal numbers by women and men. Yeah, absolutely. Now, is, is fund her nationwide? So we are focused on California. Um, there, who knows what will happen in the future? But uh, at this moment, uh, state legislatures and certainly California is is the biggest state economy. Mm -hmm. Are are an area that have uh, been underrepresented as far as the focus uh, for political attention and political dollars. And we know that that's the key to building the bench. So that's what we're focused on. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm thinking if you had all the money that you ever needed, and you could just go crazy with, with fund her all over the place. So I think that would be, if you could replicate it in different places, that would be fantastic. Absolutely. All right. 
Valerie, what is your idea of success? You know, I think it's um, two prongs. One for me is I have to feel healthy and happy in what I'm doing. If it's all based on achievements and a list of things that I crossed off at the end of the day, if I haven't you know, spent time with my family mm-hmm. or taken five minutes to do something for myself that's really important, um, that's that's not going to be as fulfilling. But but absolutely, the other the other prong is um, being successful in changing the world in some some way that's meaningful to me. And you know, whether it's reversing climate change or giving the voiceless a voice or mm-hmm. advocating to be led by those who were once marginalized, whatever it is that that gets you up and gets you going, uh, for me, that's that's a big part of success is being a part of. Uh, implementing that change. Yeah. And that is a beautiful picture you painted. Absolutely. All right. Uh, now this can be anything. This next question can be absolutely anything. doesn't have to be about business. What is one thing that you recommend most to clients, family, or your friends? Oh, it's probably, it's probably health and happiness. Uh, I'm for, I find it myself to be a broken record saying, oh, well, make sure you've got to get enough sleep and mm-hmm. have you exercised and we want to eat well because we, we know garbage in is, is garbage out. But, but also just doing the things that put a little joy in your step every day, that goes a long way toward, uh, toward allowing you to be that much more productive and, and to put joy into other people's lives. Yeah. And, and let's face it, that that is a, a good selfish recommendation because the healthier they are, the more time you get to spend with them, right? Exactly. I think that anybody wants that. All right. That's great. All right. This is my favorite question. I'm just gonna be honest. This is my absolute favorite. And I'll tell you maybe one of the answers I got before after I hear yours, but Valerie, name one thing that most people don't know about you. I love donuts. Really? Yeah. And people don't know I- that? Are you secretly buying donuts? Most people don't know that. It's it's on a highly regimented schedule now that I'm an adult uh, because we know that adults can't eat donuts every Saturday the way I used to as a kid. Gotcha. But every Saturday as a kid, I would go and pick not one, but my favorite three donuts. And I really enjoyed that. And so now I'm, I'm down to a quarterly donut, which is a very highly celebrated day. A a quarterly donut. All right. Yeah. Yeah, Valor, here's a just a little sneak peek. I uh when I was a kid I had a paper route and I made way too much money for a junior hire. And uh I I would buy a six pack of hostess raspberry filled powdered donuts. And I would eat the whole box. <laughs> there were six in a box, but that that's when I had a metabolism that would just burn in, you know, within a half an hour or whatever. But yeah, so I've I've had to slow down on that. I'm I'm I think I'm not at a quarterly donut, I think I'm at about a monthly donut, but uh Definitely better than six at a time. So, yeah. <laughs> All right. Do you like donuts? That's great. Well, you and I have another thing in common. That's great. All right. Okay. So this next one is a little bit more serious. Uh, what is your mantra, motto, or something that you say to yourself to help you stay focused and on track? Wow. Hard to pick one. But I would probably say one of my favorites is plan your work and work your plan. There's so many wonderful, shiny new objects that come up and with technology and cell phones and dings and bings every second, I find that I, I love reminding myself to, to really take the time and make my plan. And then I, I allow myself actually the luxury of exclusive focus 
on the item that I've planned to work on. Well, that is a fantastic reason to have that mantra uh, for sure. All right, next question. Valerie, what is your proudest achievement? I would say it's probably uh, launching FundHer and being introduced uh, by my daughters at the occasion of our launch in San Francisco. Oh, that sounds fantastic. So how did they do it? Well, they had a a little script they'd put together and they practiced it and they kind of traded lines back and forth and they told a story really. And then at the end of the story, it led to me and it was just a blast. Yeah. So was this a dinner event or was this just a gathering? How how did that play out? Was it, I mean, I'd imagine they'd have some stage fright, but it sounds like they did pretty good. They did pretty well. They um, they do a lot of presentations at school, it seems, these days anyway. And uh, they were had about 100 people in front of them, uh, but they just went right on sailing through and they didn't have any problem at all. And they had smiles on, so I, I think they enjoyed it. Yeah, <laughs> that's always important. That sounds good. All right, we are down to our last question. It's It's kind of a two-parter here. You are starting this podcast and you are going to be interviewing a lot of people. I know that. And you're going to be really getting into the community. So who should listen to your podcast? And then give us a little sneak peek of what you have planned for your audience. Absolutely. Um, So who should listen uh, are really lawyers who want to be inspired and who want to pick up a few practice tips and case highlights along the way. We'll sprinkle that in. uh, But mostly it's really going to be reminding ourselves through stories of the work that lawyers are doing in so many different communities, uh, in law, of course, but also in business and in politics, what lawyers are doing uh, to really have uh, a huge social impact uh, in our world. So I'm really excited. And that segues to what I'm going to be doing. Um, I'll be interviewing a bunch of trailblazing lawyers in all of these different industries to really walk us through how they are being such instruments of change. So I hope you'll join us. Yeah, that sounds exciting. I'm, I'm digging it. All right. Do you have any closing thoughts for today's podcast? You know, I'm just excited to uh, get out on the road and uh, really bring these stories uh, to all of us. Lawyers uh, spend a lot of time educating each other, um, but that's a little bit more the technical side. And uh, I just uh, want to spend some time uh, inspiring uh, our community because I know that we have so many lawyers who are doing amazing things. Valerie, thank you so much for your time today. This was awesome. Thank you, Eric. All right. And thank you all for listening to the Lawyers Take the Lead podcast with Valerie McGinty. If you have not subscribed to the podcast yet, and I know you haven't because this is the first one, please click the subscribe now button below. This way, when Valerie comes out with a new podcast, it'll show up directly on your listening device. This makes it much easier to share these podcasts with your friends and colleagues. Again, thank you for listening today. For everyone at the law offices of Valerie T. McGinty, this is Eric Johnson reminding you to live your best day every day. And we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to Lawyers Take the Lead. Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and not necessarily those of Valerie T. McGinty. The content has been made available for informational purposes only and is never a substitute for professional legal advice. If you are not a lawyer, you should always seek the advice of your legal advisor. And if you are a lawyer, you must do your own research on any legal authorities discussed in this podcast to verify the content and validity of any case mentioned in the podcast.